eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Clap, 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 clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands Podcast. Hosted by Elliot Shore Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. As I think makes the most sense, and what everybody is talking about, is Joel Embiid and his uh, his injured knee. I have lots of thoughts on it. I'm hoping you can talk me off the emotional ledge I've put myself on. Um, but you have been at practice. You're around the situation. As one of the commenters said, nobody is better with Joel than you. So you are the man to talk to for this. <laughs> Uh, where are you at, man? Like, what do you know first, before we get into opinion, what do you know? Where are we at? What should people believe of all the reports that have, have come out? I, when it comes to Joel's health, I'm always a big seeing is believing guy. So mm-hmm. th- in that sense, it's like, well, there's nothing to really believe in at this point. We haven't yeah. seen him other than, you know, rare sightings in a, like Zapruder film at practice. We saw him in the, I will say this, even early in the week when he was not practicing and not out there on the floor, mm-hmm. we did see him in the weight room using resistance bands and, you know, going through some exercises. So, you know, I actually talked to an orthopedic surgeon this week about the specific injury he's dealing with. And that's, this is something that has changed over time in terms of treatment for knee injuries. It used to be, they try to keep you off your feet and immobilize you. And what they found is that ends up stiffening up the knee and that actually is worse for yeah. your recovery. So it's it's good to see that he's been kind of moving around a little bit. They're obviously not asking him to go up and down and scrimmage. Uh, I think at this point, we're not going to really know anything until they have to file the official injury report on like Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're far enough into the week that we haven't gotten anything that they're just going to say, look, we're going to leave them and them as in Boston in the dark as long as we can. Now I, I tend to think the gamesmanship doesn't really matter. Once Joel's out on the floor, the Celtics have their game plan for Joel. They have their game plan without Joel. It's going to be whatever, but I, I think it's been a mostly optimistic tone. Uh, I will say when I've written about this, during the week, I've had people from the team reach out to me and say, you know, don't go overboard with pessimism, blah, blah, blah. Now, some okay. of that, I'm sure, is, uh, I don't want to say false valor, but at least, like, you know, they're they're acting confident. They're not pushing back on it, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I think 
To me at this point, I would say worst case is he misses game one and then is ready for game two. And we'll see what happens for the rest of the series. I've heard nothing at this point to indicate that his doctor visit that he had on Thursday was a big deal or was a, mm. a negative deal where they said, oh, he's he's going to be out longer. This is a problem. Um, so I, I'm just operating on the initial he's going to miss a, a bit over a week. Let's call it 10 days, 11 days, whatever it is, and then be back. And so they might have to go into Boston and try to win one without him. But I think based on what I've heard and seen, that's probably worst case at this point. So what's your concern level for when he is back, though? Because I think sometimes we look at this and go, all right, he'll miss game one, which I go back and forth on. I kind of think he'll just play and not be 100%. But I do think there is a chance he misses. The line for game one came out. The boss, uh, the Celtics are six and a half point favorites. Read into that what you will. I think it's probably a little inflated because of the Joel injury. If you want to you know, go one way. If it was, if it was like 10, then we would probably sit here and go, yeah, Vegas knows he isn't playing. (laughs) But in terms of him coming back and returning, because for me, when this initially came out against Brooklyn and really the few days after I was, Oh, he'll be fine. Like it just is what it is. I am now at a point where I'm very worried that Joel is going to be severely impacted by this injury. When he plays, there's talks of playing with, with a knee brace, it's a knee injury. It's every other day now because of how uh, that series played out, if I'm not mistaken. And we already discussed how hard it's going to be to win this series in general. Outside of just when he'll play, do you have any indication, especially from talking to the doctor you did, and for those that didn't read it, it's a good article on phillyvoice.com, very informative. Um, when he returns, what are your expectations of it? Well, that's sort of the thing, right? I don't I don't think I'm going to be ultra concerned about his actual health. Like, I I think once he takes the floor, that's an indication that he feels good and that the team feels comfortable with whatever amount of risk there is and putting him out there while actively dealing with a knee issue, right? Like, I don't think the Sixers are putting Joel on the floor when it's just like, hey, it's a coin flip and he might get hurt. and They're not going to be as big as the stakes are. I don't think they're going to be irresponsible with his health. The problem is like, let's say he's out there and he's at like 80%, 90%, whatever you want to put it at. Yeah. They have needed him at a hundred percent. Yeah. Like 150%. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, it's probably more accurate to say they needed him at like 125% yeah. to just even have chances against Boston late in the last two games, both of which were at home. So you know, they lose both the games on the road against Boston this year. I know that the team has changed slightly with swapping out uh, Thibault for McDaniels, which I saw some things on tape that that might change things a little bit just in terms mm-hmm. of how they space the floor, how things are defended, so on and so forth. But I just think the biggest problem is like he doesn't have and they don't have margin for error because he is by far – their best and most important player in this specific matchup. Like there are teams that it's a little bit closer, like Harden can be better and leverage his talents better, or it's a better maxi matchup where if Joel plays poorly, they might have a chance because Tyrese might just score 30 or, or go off. I don't think this is that type of series. I think this series is defined by how good can Joel Embiid be. And that's both ends of the floor, right? Like we've seen, in the one loss they had in late February, Joel has a, I believe he scored 41, you know, 41 or 42. I can't remember. 
and they lose on a Tatum buzzer beater. Part of the reason they lost is because Al Horford hit some big threes down the stretch where he's yeah. got to cover that space or somebody's got to cover that space and they got to get out to him. And that's just something they have to live with. Joel having to be able to cover that space while he's dealing with this knee thing and then hit the brakes, pivot, and if somebody's attacking a closeout, try to protect the rim, that's a really hard thing to do at his weight and his size, even when he's 100% healthy. So, you know, my concern is less like, oh, he's really hurt and he's, it's just that he's not going to be able to do as much. Like if yeah. he has a brace on, his movement will be a little more limited. It'll help with his knee stability and prevent, you know, further damage, further issues with the knee. But I think that's ultimately a bad thing on the floor. And so they got to hope that by next Monday or maybe next Wednesday, if he doesn't uh, doesn't get play in game one. So we'll see. So quick logistical question, and then I have a, a larger Embiid point. Um, in the NFL, I know that they will – basically hold this until the last minute, even in the injury report, they'll put questionable and then, you know, inactive 90 minutes before it does feel like in the NBA, maybe, and I could be wrong about this. They, I, it wouldn't shock me if they just ruled and beat out before game one. Right. I'm curious. How do you think this plays out on when we do find out? Like, do you think this is going to be Monday night? You're in Boston. We're all sitting on Twitter waiting to find out. Or do you think there's a realistic chance that the last time doc talks before Boston, that they go, you know what? Joel is not playing in game one. Oh, I don't think we're going to find out until 30 minutes before. Okay. Right, yeah. They're, they're going to take this up. Like, I think they'll probably know, or at least feel reasonably confident what's, what's going to happen as of, let's say like Sunday, mm-hmm. I think a day before they'll probably feel pretty good about either Joel's going to play and we feel okay about putting them out there or Joel's not going to play. And we're just not going to say anything. They'll list them as questionable. They'll do the thing that any team in this scenario would do. And they'll right. run it up and say, we'll see how he feels in warm-ups and blah, blah, blah. But we're not going to be told either way until right up until the end. Like, look, that part I get. There's there's no yeah. reason to telegraph what you're going to do with him ahead of time. And, like, I can say, yeah, they're, they're not going to gain much by – using the gamesmanship and what have you. Yeah. The less but the it is know, the better. It is different to say 30 minutes before the game, oh, he's playing or, oh, he's not playing. And all of a sudden it's just like, well, now it's Paul Reed and it's you yeah. know, Trez or PJ Tucker Smallball, whatever it is. Like I, I, that part of it, I understand. There's, you definitely should for as long as you can kind of cast doubt over what you're going to do. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, and I think one com- competitive advantage the Sixers have in this regard is when he plays, and I still think it'll be game one, but let's just say game two. When he plays, the Sixers know more about what he can do than the Celtics will. You're right, the six- the Celtics will be able to figure it out, but the Sixers know and can game plan around what they realistically expect Joel to be able to do, whereas the Celtics really don't know what Joel will be like. We, we-, we can sit here, and I think it's fair to say to what you were saying, if he's 80%, what does that look like, right? Do, are, is, are they still going to go to him as a primary scorer? Are they going to try to have him more 
be a little bit of like the Brooklyn thing where he's just, you know, distributing from the top. So it'll be interesting to see in that regard what the Sixers have ready from a game plan perspective on how to use Joel. The 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 concern I have about this is so last year against Miami, right? He comes in game three and four, very different injuries, but he comes back. He, just being on the court is is a, a bonus for them, right? They win those games. And then this goes back to what we saw in game three of Brooklyn. We saw in game five and six, but definitely five, that from the second that game started, and I'm an emotional man, so I'm not ripping him for this, but like he gets to the point where you just look at him and you're like, oh man, this guy is... He is feeling it tonight, right? And he is he is just not there. I'm a little worried for a guy that has said, you know, oh, I always finish in second or whatever. That quote was after the Celtics thing, or this is a story of my life when Tatum hit it. How do you think Joel is handling this? Because this was his year. He wins the MVP. Everything is going his way, right? The Sixers, look, you know, they oh, we already the- gave him the trophy, by the way. Yeah, he's going to win MVP. <laughs> absolutely, right? I mean, I would assume. But – I don't know. I'm curious how you think Joel is dealing with what probably a lot of fans are dealing with too. Just this almost shock of, I can't believe it's, it might be happening again moment. And how do you think he's handling with it? But also how do you think in these games he'll handle it? Like I'll be curious to see Joel's mental state when he does return. Well, that's kind of the toughest part about all this. I, that's just purely guessing. Like I can, we've talked to doc and various Sixers teammates of Joel's and been like, what are you guys doing to sort of keep him in the boat, so to yeah. speak? Because there is that like Groundhog Day all over again feeling where we feel that. Like I feel that as somebody covering yeah. the team. Fans feel that as people who are like supporting this guy and hoping he can lead the team. And so it'd be, I think it'd be completely naive to be like, yeah, Joel doesn't feel that at all. He's completely immune from thinking that this keeps happening to me and feeling sorry for himself and so on and so forth. Um, I, I think what you would take solace in is one, the team around him is just better this year. We've talked about that a hundred times. Yeah. Doc has said that publicly in recent weeks, like they're 12 and five without him. And, you know, they've worked a lot on everything that they do when he's off of the floor. So whether that's the bench minutes where he's going to sit or he just does not play at all and they need to do that for an entire game, I do believe they feel more confident in you know, the group without him and their ability to protect him, so to speak. Um, I think if he's on the floor, though, in terms of the strategy and how they use him and all that, like they just kind of have to go full go with him. There's Mm -hmm. no, oh, he's just out there as a decoy. If he has to be a playmaker like he was in the Brooklyn series, that to me is more a function of how Boston is covering him. Like that, that has to mean they're doubling him and he's making smart decisions. It's not I'm in single coverage against Al Horford or Grant Williams or whoever it is. And I want to be Nikola Jokic. Like he has to, when he gets the ball against one-on-one coverage, he has to be quick, decisive, looking to score. Like that's the way to beat this team. They don't have a guy who can guard him straight up anymore. Al Horford has clearly, you know, he's deeper into his career. He's just not as good anymore. And Joel has proven that he can take it to him now if he gets one-on-one matchups. So that to me, it's all about Joel just coming in and you cannot allow yourself to feel sorry. Like it, you can't be like, woe is me. I can't believe this has happened to me again. You have to own this. You have to look at it with the mindset of I'm the best player in this series. I was the yeah. best player in the league all season, at least arguably. We've had that discussion a hundred times. I just, I don't, 
think there's any excuse for him. I get the knee is going to be an issue. I think there will be physical limitations that he probably has to deal with, that those will be real. But in terms of his approach and his like play-to-play intensity, his running the floor, doing all that kind of stuff, like that is on him. It's on him to come in here and lead by example. And we've seen it a thousand times with this team. When he comes in and has the correct competitive fire, when he plays max effort, when he's engaged on both ends of the floor, everybody else on this team tends to follow. Like That even applies to somebody like James Harden, who we all know is not a very good or engaged defender. Even he has had moments this year where when Joel is locked in, James follows the example that he's setting. And so Mm -hmm. I, I can't overstate the importance of if he is on the floor, like, look, if you're too hurt to play, that's fine. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, he should tough it out. He should do this. Like, I'm not in his shoes. I don't feel his pain. But if he is on the floor, this is a no excuses. You got to go out there and give everything you have for this team and not feel sorry. No drop in the head. No bad body language. Go out there and get it done. And that's my concern, because I think even if Joel was 100 percent healthy for this series, it was going to be so hard to go into Boston in that environment and win. And I think the the frustrating part on top of all this is I think the Sixers have gotten to a point where they are just as good as the Celtics, if not like slightly better, worse, wherever you want to say it. Right. I have come around. I mean, they they played way better in the first round of the playoffs. The Celtics almost got taken to seven games by the Hawks. So the Celtics are not playing their best basketball right now. Not that you can completely write them off because they lost two games. I mean, those things happen. But at the end of the day, they're not playing this dominant form of basketball heading into the second round. My concern is this series was going to be almost feel like the whole time, like you're trying to stop the the snowball from rolling down the hill. You're trying to just hold the dam from, from breaking. And when your number one guy is already in a situation where somewhat understandably, if he comes out for game one and he plays and everyone's super excited, he gets five minutes in and he's like, oh my God, this knee thing is not going well. And you are already probably going to fall behind anyway. My concern for this series, and I'm excited to get to the X's and O's, is can they do it? Can they can they withhold, or can they fight back on what is going to be a very tough emotional, like, playoff level physic not physicality but mental state of saying all right we fell behind early we're going to come back or joel this has been a very deflating first few minutes for you can you keep going right and they've shown throughout the year they're able to do it again most comebacks in the nba at 15 plus points or whatever it is they showed in game four against brooklyn right they it was not a great first half they come out and, and they still win i just i i my worry in my gut of when i decide if they can win the series or not is do I think they will push through when things get tough? And with Joel with a brace on his knee, I don't feel as confident about that as I did prior to this injury. Yeah, and look, so I think to some degree, there's been a lot, way too much focus on like, well, they haven't, the playoff series have gone poorly in Sixers versus Celtics in recent years. Like the last time these teams played in the playoffs, Ben Simmons was on the team and hurt, number one. Al Horford was on the Sixers. Yeah. Joel's dealing with like Josh Richardson as one of his most important players. Like comparing that situation, comparing that situation to now where it's James Harden and it's Tyrese Maxey, it's just like apples and oranges in a lot of ways. 
Celtics have changed their head coach multiple times since that happened. Like mm-hmm. a whole lot has happened in that amount of time. Joel has gone up and up and up in terms of his place in the league hierarchy. Like after that season, there were a lot of smart people who were like, the Sixers should trade and beat and build around Ben Simmons. Yeah. That was the last time they played in the playoffs. That is what people were discussing. That's a, a long, ben, long time away, ago. Yeah. Long, long time ago in basketball terms. But this season, like many other seasons and, and many other years in Sixers Celtics history, Celtics won three out of four games and were the better team in three out of four games. And that was in spite of the fact that one of those games, they were missing a couple of their starters and Jalen mm-hmm. Brown got hurt in the middle of the game. Like Boston has been the mentally tougher, better team in these moments when they've really mattered. And that is still the biggest question. Like this is a gut check moment for Joel and for James and for Doc and for all these guys. And they have to go out there and prove it because look, they beat this team. They will have home court in the Eastern Conference Finals and the NBA Finals. It is on the table for them to set themselves up for this is going to be probably their best chance to win a title in this era, period. Like if you just think about the potential for Harden to leave, the potential for PJ to get worse next year, you're then paying Tyrese Maxey a ton of money on his extension. And that has its own, you know, roster ramifications. Yeah, There's just like a lot of Milwaukee has been eliminated outright nobody in the west is like an overwhelming favorite to even come out of that conference let alone win the title so you just look at how it breaks and it's like this is the time to say we have to push through like this is our opportunity you only get so many of these seasons where they were a really good team they've been arguably at least in the regular season they were basically the best team in basketball from december onward and that Mm -hmm. is a that's not like a, oh, they had a good month or two. It's very similar to what Boston honestly did last year, where they were great for the entirety yeah. of the last like four or five months of the season. The Sixers have been maybe not at quite at that level, but they've been pretty close. And they have two guys who are, you know, big ticket stars that need to be able to be trusted in this spot. So, look, I, I think this is a, a no excuses, lay it all out there type of series. If they lose because Boston was just a little bit better than them, that's fine. But the thing that we cannot see is the feeling sorry for themselves. That just yeah. cannot happen. God, it just sucks so bad. Embiid's dealing with this injury. You know, like it just <laughs> it just sucks. Like it, I really felt like this was going in one direction. And it's so closely teetering now to exactly what all the haters said it was going to be. All, you know, at the, all, like in the office at WIP, like friends I have, like all these people that are like, you know, I'm at the I'm at the owners' meetings in Arizona, and I'm talking to to new uh, Knicks fans. And they're like, "Oh, the Sixers are just gonna lose in the second round, like they always do." And I'm just like, "No, man, they're different. It's gonna blow up." And it it's just so worrisome. We're teetering on the edge of it being the same thing. So, yeah, I mean, from I think from Joel's perspective, we probably touched all the bases there. I mean, part of the way they can win the series if Joel is 80 percent is Harden and Maxi. Like those are the guys, and obviously Tobias, and they'll need everybody to step up. But the two guys that A, are both probably going to get max deals this offseason, number one. But, like, we're brought in for this moment. Maxi not as much anymore, but now he's in that role of what he, what's expected of him. 